And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Tyler Butterball Buterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine, now DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're, they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Andrew Pepe Valentin. This is... The biggest scar on the Blackhawks, on hockey, on the NHL, you could possibly think of. This was a conspiracy theory that is true. This is this was a this was a conspiracy to cover up the fact that this monster was allowed to inflict his his will on this young man and use his power as a coach. Hit us up on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. And now here's Tyler, Andrew, and David. And welcome into Blow the Whistle. As always, I am David Dykstra. I'm here with. Tyler Buterba and Andrew Valentin. Pepe, Pepe. But <laughs> Never gonna we get have old. so much to get to. So much has hit while we were getting ready for this show that I'm just going to quickly go over to uh, everything. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Blow the Whistle. As always, we want to thank our our reoccurring listeners and our new listeners from the Under the Hood podcast umbrella family. We appreciate it so much. Uh, if you happen to miss our show, you can hit us up on any of the platforms out there. Please like, subscribe, give us a review. Let us know what you'd like to hear from us. Absolutely. You can also reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and soon TikTok. We got it up. We we're going to get it running. We're going to launch it. <laughs> yeah. We're going to launch it next week. It's happening. Next week we're launching it. And you can hit us up at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. We're going to be talking Bears because there's so much to talk about. Rest of the NFL, NFL playoffs, national championship for college football, uh, the NIL and transfer portal aspects of college football going on right now, and the Bulls. But we also have a special, special guest coming in. Top of the hour, second hour, Ryan Horvat, host of BetMGM Tonight and alum of Illinois Center for Broadcasting, a.k.a. Illinois Media School. So looking forward to talking to Ryan as well. But boys, are we ready? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right, let's go. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. You have 20-something attempts on third and fourth down, one for six on, on fourth down. You felt that. Um, and that's a credit to them. You know, they did a great job there. So, it, you know, we, we just didn't come out in the second half and, and finish them. You have five. Yeah, I, you know, I think just as I look back, I think, you know, you know, Mitch battled for this team, Pat. And I think, you know, really uh, a lot of our ability to be in the playoffs two of the last three years is a credit to him. And I think, you know, he sacrificed a lot for this team. and. I just say we wish nothing but the best, and uh, you're fired. 
If you've been dead or asleep all morning, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the wake-up call of the year. Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, they gone. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Oh, my God. That was so beautiful. That was great. I'm going to throw out a question to our audience real quick, and then I will let you guys answer. Uh, were you surprised that both Pace and Nagy were fired? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle one That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Tyler, surprised that both of them were fired. So I initially was not surprised at all. I think I figured that both of them were going to go if they were deciding to let them go, mm-hmm. either one or the other. I figured both of them were going to go. But I did have my little suspicion when I heard the rumors that they were actually going to promote Ryan Pace, the complete opposite of what anyone was expecting to hear. <laughs> because, you know, obviously we knew we knew Nagy was going to be gone because the rumors came out back in Thanksgiving. Right. And everyone was figuring that, okay, I mean, Nagy's going, Pace is going too. And just hearing that rumor that he was actually going to get promoted, that kind of threw everyone off a little bit. But... After hearing the news, and it looked like Matt Nagy came out first, and then Pace, the news about Pace came out. So I was expecting that. And I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no, not anymore after we heard the press conference. But at the time, I was <laughs> yeah. not going to be surprised if someone else <laughs> got uh, canned as well. But overall, I wasn't really surprised. I knew it was time for both of them to go and start this whole clean slate. What about you, Andrew? Oh, I, I tore my clothes off and did naked cartwheels all the way down. <laughs> now, I, see, there's I, an image that our viewers do not need, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I did not, a gun, I did not need my coffee today. Oh. After hearing those news, I did not need my coffee well, today. I, you I should have been an I-355, man. I was doing them. You could see them live. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, when I heard the news, uh, we knew this was coming with Nagy. Obviously, Brian Pace was more of a question mark. But I was always confident that they would make what I would determine to be the right move, which was to move on from Pace, because I know we've had the discussion about where he kind of sits as far as the GM for the team. He's certainly done some good things, don't get me wrong. There's things that you can certainly give him a lot of credit for. But at the end of the day, I think what he failed to accomplish was helping to build a culture. I know that's more so the coach's thing, but the GM has to, I think, somewhat be involved in that sort of conversation as well. He didn't do well with free agency. He didn't do well with first-round draft picks. And, I mean, there were some draft picks even in the later rounds, which he got a lot of credit for, that just either have been mediocre or have not really panned out at all. So I was not surprised when they both got fired. I thought it was the perfect thing. You want to complete teardown not I shouldn't say tear down, but let's restart, right? You want to erase the mistake and let's try again. Let's try and draw this picture and make sure it looks like the Mona Lisa, not like an ugly, ugly Jackson Pollock, right? That's what, that's what we're aiming for. <laughs> we don't, so. we don't, we don't want that Jackson Pollock. Yeah, I will say that I am very, very surprised that Pace is gone. Mm. Uh, everything that we had heard was he was either moving up, right, or they were going to keep him as the GM and bring somebody in as. Director of football operations. Yeah. Uh, a lot of names have been thrown around. Trace Armstrong being one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of surprised they're moving forward. Not not horribly surprised, but yeah, I, I will say I had a little surprise in that fact. And I mean, if, if they had decided to move him up to president of football operations, I wouldn't necessarily been upset about it. I know yeah. a lot of Bears fans would have been. Yeah. But he he knows his stuff. He's found a lot of talent in later later rounds. The problem is he yes. hasn't found talent in the early rounds where it counts where he can find those 
true franchise difference makers. Right. Exactly. No, he does find a lot of those sleeper players. Like Tariq Cohen was a, definitely a sleeper player, and look what he turned out to be despite him being out this whole entire season. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I would say, was a great pick that he's made. So you're right. He has made a lot of great picks uh, in the later rounds. Just some of his... Some of his signings have, to me, has been very questionable. Yeah. But I, at the same time, we also talked about the this, Tyler, and mm-hmm. and those signings also came with injuries that you weren't expecting. Right. Like oh, yeah. Now, no, now exactly. Tra- Trevathan looks like a horrible deal only because of his injury-plagued issues. Right. Uh, Cohen looks like a bad signing because he blew out his knee. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a lot of... Yeah, you can't predict There's a injuries. lot of unfortunate right. things there, but there are also a lot of... Good things there. So, I mean, it, it, it was a catch-22 either way. I think some people are surprised. Some people are like, thank God, let's move forward. Right. Now, that being said, a lot of stuff came out of the press conference that we were listening to. And unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to listen to it all because yeah. they were still going yeah. as we had to become on air. Yeah. But that being said, one of the things that did stick out to me was George McCaskey coming out and saying, the the fact that the Arlington Heights scenario where they might be building a new stadium and everything like that mm-hmm. and the football team are both full-time positions, yeah. but yet you have Ted Phillips in the same position he's in right now. But he wants the... George McCaskey now wants the new GM, whoever that may be, mm-hmm. to report to report straight to George McCaskey. Yeah. To me, I don't like that. Okay. I don't like that at all. Yeah. One... How much of a football player guy is George McCaskey? I mean, granted, he's probably been around football his entire life, but is he really paying attention to the talent? In the press, he openly admitted that he's not a football-minded guy. Yeah, he, See, he, he openly said that admitted personally that. himself, and I think that's one of the things that right there that kind of is a telltale sign, like, well, then should they should they really be reporting directly to you? No. And, and that also says something to me, too, like, you, because he here, in this thing he said, I trust Ted. That was one of the. He was asked the question of Ted Phillips about where where's positions at, and he said, "I trust Ted." But then you're having the GM instead of report to Ted, he's reporting directly to you. So how much are you exactly trusting Ted Phillips then, or are you saying then that this is the situation where Ted Phillips is going to be the president of business operations, and you are going to bring somebody in who is the, going to be the president of football operations? He didn't answer that just yet. Nobody asked him that question. Obviously, we didn't have a lot of time to hear all of that. Yeah. But for the questions that were being asked, it sounds like, from what he said, Ted Phillips' main thing is going to be, it sounds like, the stadium building. That's going to be his main thing. Yeah. Which leads me now to believe, as we've discussed, there's going to be another president in there. And it's kind of be what the Hawks have done, right? When Stan Bowman was here, he was president of hockey operations, and you had another person taking control of the business operations. I forget her name. My apologies. But you had two people kind of doing yeah. one job, essentially, and it helped kind of break up the monotony, if you will. Yeah, I, yeah and that's that's how I took it as, as it, too. And... If that's the move and the direction that they're going with, I'm not too upset, even though I wanted Ted Phillips out of there a long time ago. Yeah. But if that's going to be the case, if he's not going to be in charge of He's the, a brilliant businessman. He is. No, Absolutely. he's a brilliant businessman. He's been businessman. there for a while. And yeah. So I think him taking, taking control and dealing with the new stadium, that that's a good spot for him to be. But on the football aspect, he doesn't know... What's the word? A dead in the doornail or diddly squat? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although McCaskey did say too that they would be out going to outside vendors and things like that for the stadium as for well. For some which of the, some of the other stuff, yeah. Leads me to kind of 
I'm, I'm questioning a little bit about what exactly that means. I'm wondering if that is like the business aspect of the, like what will be inside the stadium. I don't know what that meant. But. Although I will say this quickly because we're, we're coming up on, on a break real quick here. I will say the outside consultants that they're bringing in to help find the new coach and GM. I absolutely love Bill Polian yep. and, uh, yeah, I have a list right here. Uh, Campbell. Lamar Soup Campbell. Soup Campbell. Mm-hmm. And inclusion of Tanisha Wade. Yes, Tanisha yeah. Wade as well. I, I love those. I love those. I love those. Absolutely. I, I'll just say that much. Well, getting on forward with a lot of this discussion, are some former Bears about to return to the organization? We talk about it next on Blow the Whistle. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station. Residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, a dog house in that area. <laughs> That's right. Let the search begin in every outhouse, penthouse, chicken house, everywhere. Thank you, Tommy Lee. I, the, it's been so long since I've heard that. I'm so glad you found that. That's great. <laughs> That's what it should be, though. That's what this search should be. Yes. They should be exhausting every single avenue that they absolutely can. Before I get to you guys and your opinions, y'all, y'all's opinions, y'all's, y'all's opinions. opinions. <laughs> I don't know. I just went what Southern. What y'all think about the Bears? I went, I went Southern there for a second. <laughs> um, let me throw out this question to our listeners. Uh, who would you like to see the Bears hire in the coming weeks? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us and let us know. Uh, for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can do blow T whistle one. And for our email, it's blow T whistle radio dot or at gmail.com. Andrew, who are, who, who are you thinking out of the people that you've heard out of the are, people that I've heard? Okay. So I've got a short list for every little short, position Short list. Um, so we kind of went with president of football operations. If that is the case, my short list for that is Jason light or Lich, excuse me from Tampa Bay. Okay. General manager, very good, obviously, with what they've done in Tampa. Uh, Brett Veach from Kansas City, GM. Again, what they've done in Kansas City is incredible. And then you've got Brandon Bean from Buffalo, the GM as well. Now, these are just GMs. There's other people, obviously, outside of that. I was just looking at the GM candidates that I think would make the most sense to move to the president of football operations, where you have a football-minded person taking control of that situation. I, I have heard a couple, and, and this is why I, I teased a little bit of Bears players mm-hmm. coming back to the organization. I've heard Trace Armstrong is the president of football operations. Brilliant mind. Yep. I've heard Olin Kruitz has come out vehemently and said, if they ask me, I will say yes. They'll have to give him more than $15 an hour. They'll give him more than $15 an hour. Come on, Bears. You're that cheap. <laughs> but those are two names that I heard from former Bears mm-hmm. players. Uh, I do like the ones that you brought up as far as GMs. I don't know if they leave the positions they're in, though. That's the thing, is that it would take a substantial amount of money, and I'm certainly po- certainly power as well, oh, yeah. to get them to move over to that president of football operation. But if you gave them the opportunity to say, you're going to hire the GM, you're gonna, and then they're going to hire the coach, you guys work together to find that. Th- if that is the case, then I'm sure these guys will make the move. One player, uh, player, one person that... Uh, I found interesting. I was looking at a list and I have him down here is champ Kelly, who is the bears assistant director of player personnel. Mm-hmm. He's been responsible for evaluating drafting players and all the, and um, all that kind of stuff. But see, that comes so, back. That comes back to, are you, a, are you a Ryan pace lackey? Right. right. 
And and do you really want a, a person who obviously can can scout talent and get in, in the later rounds, but miss on the upper rounds? Yeah, right. No, absolutely. In is your president of yeah. football operations. All right, give us your list for GM Andrew, and we'll right. just we'll just go off the list that Andrew gives us. <laughs> All right, and, sorry. And throw in some I, different. Listen, ones. I've been doing these lists now for weeks now, so you're welcome, yeah. folks. Uh, Mike Borgonzi. From Kansas City, he's the assistant GM for them right now. Okay. Again, president, I mean, done a great job and all that stuff. Uh, you've got Morocco Brown, who's the director of college scouting for the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, the Colts have done a really good job in finding the right players for their system. They didn't make the playoffs this year, but they did put together a really strong season for the last few years now. Ed Dodds is the other one that's the assistant GM for the Indianapolis Colts. Again, he's been a part of that system as well. And I go with this guy again, Lionel Vitell, the director of college scouting for the Dallas Cowboys. I really like him because he's found those gems and he's found the exact guys. The, the Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lambs, the Micah Parsons, the Grady Jarrett's, the Jake Matthews. He's found that premier go-to player as well as the Dak Prescott's, the Desmond Trufant's, the later round guys as well. My my only issue with with the Dallas Cowboys guy, yeah, would be is he scouting for Jerry? Yes, that's true. I can understand because that, you're yeah. not you're not Jerry's a very football minded owner. Right, he watches football. He mm-hmm. goes to college football games. He goes to bowl games. He's a part of that. He was at the Penn State Arkansas game. Son of a, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Because he's a graduate of Arkansas. Yep. No, with Jimmy Johnson. And you didn't want to know who else was on the sideline of that game? John Daly. <laughs> I was like, son of a gun. We have the prayer. But anyway, um, I, my, my question to him would be, how much are you actually scouting those talents? Or is it Jerry going, pick that guy, pick scout that, that guy, guy yeah. scout that guy. Mm-hmm. Are you finding these gems? I mean, now granted, some of them aren't hard to find. Ezekiel right. Elliott, Micah Parsons, pretty much hits. Right, I don't yeah. think they even knew They're what not they hard had. Ones I don't to... think they knew what they had in Micah when they drafted him. Yeah, but now they do, so that'll be. But I, I like him. Yeah, I would like to find out how much of involvement is maybe in the later rounds that he's had of them going, him going up to Jerry and going, "Listen, I found this guy." Yeah, like how how much was he involved with? Listen, you need to take a look at Dak Prescott. From what I understand with the whole Dak Prescott thing, he went to Mississippi State to go see him. He talked to Dak Prescott. He made sure that they were involved, and he told Jerry, listen, this quarterback, I know he's got this sort of stigma of being a runner, but he's got an arm, and I think we can develop him. Yeah. And so when you're having that kind of conversation, again, it's Jerry Jones. You never know how his mind's going, but... I, I mean, if they're if you're that involved in finding the quarterback, imagine what you can do when you already have one established. I'd like to see maybe somebody like an assistant GM or a scouting person out of the Cleveland organization maybe get considered. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, That'd be a good one. They've done a really great job. Uh, Arizona's another hotbed right now. Mm-hmm. They're finding people left and right. I'm looking at organizations that are that are successful that are hitting <laughs> yes. more than, hitting more than they're missing. Right. One that I've seen that pull up was Jojo Wooden, uh, the Chargers director of player. That's personnel. not a bad option either. The Chargers have really. Done I was a looking job. into him and he's been. I I would I wouldn't mind that pick that decision at all. Yeah, he spent 16 seasons with the Jets. Way before uh, they started really, yeah, being bad. Well, but see, here's the thing about and and like like you said, there there's so much that has to go into turning turning yeah. a franchise around. And yeah. if you if you miss on a quarterback, you're you're 
you're doomed for another five to 10 years. Yeah. Automatically. Right. So, I mean, they've, they first missed on Christian Hackenberg, unfortunately. Um, they missed on, they've missed on quite a bit when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. I'm not, I'm still going to sit here and say Sam Darnold's not a miss yet. Oh, I don't think and so. I don't think, I don't think still Zach, has a chance. I, I still think Zach Wilson's going to be a quarterback for him. Yeah, he could. I, yeah. They, but they need to build that organization up. Yeah. They need to the do question. what the Indianapolis Colts never did for, for Andrew Luck and yeah. Hey, look, we're going to get you an offensive line. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. But the, I, I love the names. All right, here's the big one. Here's the almighty. Head right. coach, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so this is my list. I have I have my favorites. My list. And by the way, these are in no specific order or anything like okay. that. Well, except this one. The one at the top is like the number one. For you? For me, and I think for anybody at this point, I, I, okay. would, I would assume Sean Payton. It's got to be first which, up at the list. He's which on I mine. have to admit was extremely odd for that name to come up because oh yeah i'm sorry if i'm in new orleans i'm not going anywhere no. until that's they why, tell me i gotta go that's why as soon as i heard that name come yeah. up i was shocked so why you, he would be considered leaving so you would have new to orleans. trade for him that's the thing you'd have like john gruden when they traded for him in tampa yeah. you would have to trade for him and obviously gonna, it's gonna take a lot it would take a lot because yeah. he's one of the best coaches in the nfl we'll give you khalil mack <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three first-round picks, I don't know, something. Whatever but, first round picks yeah. the Bears have left. But that's the thing is that Sean Payton, I think, because Drew said this on when we were talking X-Bomb Sports, he's that immediate kind of like it, it guy that it, would just it, it change factored. a lot. Uh, other than that, Brian DeBull, Byron Leftwich. I put Kellen Moore on here because I know how much you like the kid. And I'm starting to like him, too. I, love I him. more and more hear about him. He is a smart dude who has worked a lot. Smart nothing. He's with, a freaking genius. Yeah. He went from being the backup quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys True. to the offensive coordinator yeah. within a year. And Peter, that's, and, that's insanity. And his former coach, Peterson, at Boise State, said he's maybe one of the smartest football players he's ever had the chance to work with and never had to call an offensive play because he had a guy who knew the entire playbook front to back, back to front. How crazy is <laughs> like, that? That that should just tell you the the NFL IQ yeah. that Kellen Moore has. And, and I loved him coming out of Boise State. Oh, yeah. I loved him. He was, I still have one of his Boise State jerseys, actually, from back in the day. Don't fit me no more, but I, I still have it. And last but not least, I got Joe Brady on here. Because I think young, innovative mind have. can work with a guy like Justin Fields. I think it'd be a perfect fit. I didn't I'll, realize how young he was, and I kind of like... I would I would like it being the young age because like look at Sean McVay for an example right like he's like probably one of the youngest head coaches right now and he's he's turned that team into Innov something innovation and forward thinking is what those younger guys do and yep. that's what the Bears need not stalemate go backwards defense run the football kind of stuff oh could we be talking about Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Ugh. It's quite if, possible. If I have to hear his I'm, name one more damn time, like you say you don't want to retread. You say right. you don't want to. I heard an interesting one today, though. Mm. Defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Ah, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles. I don't like him as a head coach. I love him as a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. But it was a very interesting Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to being defensive minded in Chicago and get ourselves a defensive no. uh, head coach. No. no, no. You drafted the franchise last draft. Yeah, you need somebody that's gonna now, time see, to build. This was one of my picks, and I've Bring said it, it before. Uh, I I'm trying to see if he's if he's still with uh, this team mm -hmm. afterwards. Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator from the Chargers. Okay, I I've like said that. this for a while, and just seeing how. 
because I know he he's he's the play caller for them. And yes. How he what he's done for Justin Herbert and how that offense has been rolling, despite it being a little bit bouncy. But that's I feel like that's more of a, a Herbert and yeah. just the rest of the offense performance. But I think with the play calling that they've been doing mm-hmm. has been phenomenal. I don't know if he's still in contract. I'm still trying to figure that out. If he's still in contract with I believe the Chargers, so. so that's just a, that was just a name that I'm like if it was possible. So who's your favorite? My favorite? Yeah. Before I give you mine, a realistic one. Yeah. It would be uh, Byron Leftwich. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, was, think, I, was, I think Byron's headed to Jacksonville. That's why he's not on my list. I was almost gonna say Eric Bieniemy, but no, I don't know if I want to repeat that not, history. They're not gonna. No, read, they're I'm not, not gonna, gonna do that. All respect to Eric Bieniemy. It's just it's too much of the same parody. No more. Okay. So I have some interesting ones that I've heard. Yeah. Tony Dungy said Leslie Frazier would be an absolute beautiful fit in Chicago. Former 85 Bear, son of Chicago, I mean. Jim Caldwell, I would not be against with. Old school guy, but knows how to coach. Forward thinking mind. Yes. That's a thing. Forward thinking mind. But, of course, Kellen Moore's my dude. (laughs) I want Kellen Moore (laughs) as, as your Chicago Bears head coach. I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. It'd be great to see, but I swear to God, if it's Jim Harbaugh, I'm never watching the Bears again. I'm going Brian DeBull. There's a lot of, That's play, just my guy. Lot, lot yeah. of fans that are wanting Jim Harbaugh. I'm not sure where they're coming from. It's just because he's a former Bear, and everybody loves him for some reason. I don't know. Well, maybe that should be Mommy Killing Me Smalls, because next we get to the greatest segment in all of radio. It's You're Killing Me Smalls, and if you had a moment this week that just had you saying You're Killing Me Smalls, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BlowTWhistle1, or email us at BlowTWhistleRadio at gmail.com and let us know. You're killing me, Smalls! Ooh, yeah! Oh, yeah! that time here we go it's that time every week where we get to yell scream rant about what was killing us this week but if you've got it you're killing me smiles hit up us hit us about bus bus monday <laughs> monday monday hit us up on Dodging facebook us. twitter instagram at blow t whistle one that's b-l-o-w-t-w-h-i-s-t-l-e one or email us at blow t whistle radio.com and that goes out to everyone, including our new and always present listeners on the Under the Hood podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely, Tyler. Want me to go? I'm a, I'm a, yeah, because you never go first. <laughs> <laughs> never go first, man. I thought Brandon was in Indianapolis. <laughs> All right, mine. Oh, was- <laughs> his life must be horrible today. Oh, All the oh, vomit yeah, that's bet. coming out down there. Yeah. Oh. That no, was, just wait. That one's coming. Yeah, that one's that was something. <laughs> There's a little bit of a tease for y'all. I'm gonna go after <laughs> head coach of the Giants, Joe Judge. <laughs> God, you guys thought Nagy was bad at play calling. This guy, I don't even understand what was going through his head of calling this play. The Giants were pinned back at their own ten, I believe, third and nine. Jake Fromm, former Georgia quarterback, is in at quarterback. What does what does he call? He calls a QB sneak on 39. QB dive? QB sneak. It was more like a QB trip and fall and <laughs> so QB dive. gain of nothing. Right. Now he wasn't sneaking anything past anybody there at was that no point. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, yeah Q, but uh, what are you doing, dude? There's no... You really thought he was going to run nine yards of just running straight up the middle? No, there was no chance at all. 
You don't you don't call that on third and nine back at your own ten. I just I, as soon as I saw that and I was watching this game and I'm like, what in the hell were you thinking? I didn't care what, who won either what way. The blue tarnation. What the, what the deuce? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. And not to mention, he's staying for another year, or he's he's back. Supposedly, he's sticking around. I don't think if he's I, going anywhere. No, it from what it sounds like, he's sticking around as the Giants head the coach. The player, oh, the players are 50-50 on him. The organization absolutely loves him. I mean, I don't know, man. The fans don't. You know, you know, yeah. you know what's funny don't. though? I'd love to know what fifty percent of the players is it the marquee players or the the? That's a good question. Is yeah. it the under underdog players? The, I, yeah. the special teams guys because he's a special teams coach. <laughs> well, according to him, they're just begging to stay with the Giants. Yeah, so, you know, you know, Sha- Saquon's looking at the Bills, going, <laughs> "I'll move to Buffalo for a year." <laughs> just upstate New York. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> but Joe Judge for this. Ridiculous <laughs> call! <laughs> I give you, sir. You're killing me, Smalls. It was just—I had, I had a scratch. Okay, my so head and everything. At what point do you just look at the team and go, "Yeah, they gave up." <laughs> I think that would be the moment. That's, that's, the, that's moment. the moment. That's right the moment. Or the coach was just like, "I can't do anything with this." <laughs> yeah, our offensive line is atrocious. <laughs> Couldn't keep my starting well, quarterback sneak if you don't believe in your offensive line. And I'm not getting Saquon hurt again for the second year in a row. So stupid. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go next. We're going to save the best for last because I know he's got a couple. All right. All right. My You're Killing Me Smalls goes out to the one, the only, the man in Indianapolis, Carson Wentz. <laughs> hey there, buddy. What happened? You were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> they stopped the run and oh my God, it's on me. What? No. What are you doing now? Don't do that. Don't make me throw the ball. <laughs> no. This is what it looked like. It looked like absolute, like deer in headlights. What What do you mean Jonathan Taylor can't run for 130 yards and two touchdowns? You mean I actually have to make plays? I'm not good at that, coach. Coach, this is not what I signed up for, coach. I don't want to. Indianapolis, I apologize to you. You now know what you have in Carson Wentz, which is is a game manager who will not take you to the promised land of the NFL Super Bowl. Will not under any circumstances for being an absolute dud in a pure have-to-win moment. Show up. This is why they're paying you the big bucks. Carson Wentz, I give you a big old... You're killing me, Smalls. Oh. I think it's your turn. Is it my turn? Oh, go, yeah. Bubba. Oh, I'm, go, right. buddy. All right. All right. I mean, as, as long I'm as a, you guys don't have any comments today, yeah. go, no, go, yeah. ahead. No. go ahead. I think you perfectly said it there. For <laughs> I've always believed in Carson I Wentz. No longer is Delway. I, 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 it's I, over. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Real quick, Antonio Brown. <laughs> We're done. We're done. You've dropped too many L's on yourself at this point that you're wearing yourself down. You are a sorry sucker of a loser at this point, my friend. Antonio Brown, you have broken, you have burned every bridge. You have broken every tower possible connected with these players. You think that Tom Brady needs you? Are you kidding me? Do you not know that he played with a wide receiver by the name of Doug Gabriel? How about Chad Jackson? Do y'all remember those wide receivers? He doesn't need your sorry butt. He can do it with anybody. Trust me. Watch what happens when you end 
exit as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go win another Super Bowl without your behind. So to Antonio Brown, real quick, for all the nonsense that you've created with all this drama and everything, I say to you, sir, real quick. You're killing me, Small. All right, let me get to my real one now. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Glenn Conser is the name of this man who is the play-by-play announcer for the Washington Wizards. Actually, I got some insight for you. Yes. He was He's actually not the play-by-play guy anymore. He was actually filling in oh. for the normal play-by-play people. Thank you. Thank you. Former. He was the former play-by-play Former guy. play-by-play. Uh, but he was with the team for 22 years, or it still yeah. is in some sort of capacity. But he's been with the Wizards. He's a lifer. He's a lifer forever for the Washington Wizards. Now, he made a comment about Kevin Porter Jr., the Houston uh, forward guard, making a shot, big shot in the game. Uh, to tie things up and said, just like his dad, he pulled the trigger. When he said such a comment, he thought it was Kevin Porter who played for the Washington Wizards back in Correct. the day when they were the Bullets. Former Chicago native, actually, believe it or not. Uh, turns out, not his dad. Kevin Porter Jr.'s dad actually passed away in 1994, I think it was, uh, was killed, and actually was indicted for manslaughter, I believe it was, for shooting a 14-year-old girl. So... Wrong place, right, t- wrong time kind of comment. He came out Absolutely. and since apologized. Mm-hmm. But LeBron James, of course, has to double down when he makes a comment about how he should be fired. Then Concert comes out with an apology. And so LeBron comes out and says, well, you know, I still mean what I say. You know, I, I listen, you guys get packets. You guys are supposed to do your research and all that stuff. Hey, LeBron, you can be wrong sometimes. It's okay to be wrong. It is okay to be wrong once in a while. You are not perfect. Every king is not perfect, my man. Hey, LeBron, how's that West- Russell Westbrook thing right. working out for you? Is that perfect? How's that working out for you right now? You know, even Michael Jordan in The Last Dance showed everybody, hey, I'm not a perfect dude. I was a bit of a jerk to people. Not everybody liked me. Uh-huh. But guess what? We respect him because of that, because he was able to say when he was wrong. And so much, even today more than ever, people are so unwilling to take credit for when they're wrong about things. They don't want to have any accountability. And LeBron, you seem to be one of those individuals who never wants to be accountable for his actions, for what he has to say. Just say that you made a mistake, that he made, you know, it's okay. You don't have to try and double down like you have to be Mr. Right about everything. It is fine that you made this mistake. It makes you human. But you want to be some sort of a god to us. And we're not asking you to be a god. We're just asking you to play basketball and be that dude. So to LeBron James, and you once again trying to be Mr. Know-It-All, I say to you, sir... You're killing me, Smalls! That's the thing. Everyone makes mistakes. It's, yes. it's going to happen. Well, it and here's And here's my other thing. With the Omicron being as vibrant as it is in the NBA right now, yep. how many of those packets were up to date? How many of those packets actually had the correct because you had all these different guys coming in on 10 day right. 15 day contracts I, is is Kevin Porter Jr a a mainstay with the he's considered Washington it. I Wizards? mean well with the Houston Rockets but or with the Rockets I'm here's sorry. the thing it's given in a PDF file now it's not like a packet that like gets handed to you it's not like a PDF file that you get yeah. and they open it up and you can read it or since he's been a long time older guy there's that old thing where they just, like, take a piece of paper and they write down after asking the coach, like, little tidbits yeah. about the player. He didn't necessarily 
you know, yes, he could have Googled and due found diligence. out. Right. <laughs> His due diligence for sure. But it's not completely on him because if he doesn't do that, then it happens. And how many times in your life is Kevin Porter Jr. really going to hit a game-winning shot? Right. Exactly. exactly. And exactly. sorry, but Kevin Porter Jr. is kind of a jerk. The dude's been suspended like three different times. And, and to be quite honest, let, let's be real. It, it, it happened. He came out and apologized the next day. Exactly. The next day, and it's still not good enough. So I commend you on going after. Anytime somebody goes after LeBron, we are okay with Time it. to knock the crown off the king. What's up, Seriously. Tyler? We do got a uh, Killing Me Smalls by BMAC. He actually hey, said- BMAC can't do your Killing Me Smalls. There's no Nagy anymore, BMAC. <laughs> oh, he's he's found a way. Oh, oh all right. And Think it stopped he, him. He got. He was real excited about this because he tweeted this out at two oh one, way before this segment started. <laughs> so I love that he got prepared. And this is the thing, guys. He had to do two separate tweets because it was too long. <laughs> yeah, I love this it. This is great. All right, all right. So we got so many killing me smalls, so little time. Let's just start with George McCaskey. Only his franchise can instantly take all the hope and optimism of this morning's news and collectively <laughs> kick us in the marbles with the, re- <laughs> with the revelation that George and Ted are still ultimately making the decision on hiring the GM. <sighs> And coach, and are willing to hire a freaking coach before they hire a GM. Yeah. To the Bears for already wasting our time for the next four to five years, I say. You're killing me, Smalls. Yeah, let's just hope they get it right. And and there's nobody with the initials Jim Harbaugh coming to town. (laughs) Oh, my God. But, unfortunately, that's going to do it. Once again, if you have any... Thing that had you saying you're killing me, Smalls, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or our email. The playoff picture is clear, but it took some overtime, boys. We talk about it next on Blow the Whistle. Boy, what a depressing loss for Indianapolis here today, and what a stunning victory for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They finish off a horrible season on as high a note as you can get. 36-yard attempt. Kuntz will snap it. Harden will hold it. Sweeps the leg, and that is a winner for Pittsburgh. And this game ends on a Stafford interception by the rookie Ambry Thomas. And an overtime win. What a game as the 49ers just earned their way in today. Welcome back to <laughs> Blow the Whistle Highlights, courtesy of CBS, NBC, and Fox. Uh, Thank you, you very much for those. We're wondering what we're laughing about. I was bopping up and down to the he song. Was riding the pony. Like I was, uh... And you know what image I had in my head? <laughs> Happy Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking more yes. of uh, Veggie Tales, like no. if you like oh, do. <laughs> but that being said, let me throw out the question to our listeners, and then I will come to my boys here in the studio. I'll probably go first, though, because this is something I've already kind of touched on. All right, fine. Um, you go first. Who would you blame for the collapse of the Colts on Sunday? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Blow T Whistle one That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Uh, you know who I'm blaming. Who? That almighty quarterback that supposedly was going to take him to the promised land. Couldn't even imagine. Carson Wentz. <laughs> or, should, or should we call it Carson <laughs> Wentz? Made, made me want to Made me want to wince yesterday. Yeah. Ooh, Carson oh, Carson can't wins. <laughs> that's a that's another good one. Yeah, I like that go. one. 
but yeah, I, all blame goes on they, they the, the offense. That offense got outplayed by the Jaguars defense. Where was that Jaguars defense all year, by the way? Right. I mean, they showed up, underneath no, they, they literally I mean, no, they literally showed up twice. I guess the once, Bills. <laughs> once against Buffalo <laughs> yeah. and once against the Colts. I know what the heck. The two like <laughs> to, like at least Bills to me was is, is, has been rocky as always this season. But like towards the end of this regular season, the Colts have been very promising, and we all thought they were going to make a, a huge Hand it run. off like, to Jonathan Taylor and just let him go. Win the game. It's not that hard. <laughs> like what the hell with Jacksonville? Like, oh, and they were just weird. I watched that whole game start to finish. Man, they were stuffing everything. And yeah. Trevor Lawrence looked like a first overall pick quarterback. Yeah, he looked, he, like, he he looked, looked good. He, he, he looked played like a legit quarterback out there. And that looked, was my thing is like in the blame on that. Yeah, Carson Wentz gets the blame. I'm also putting it on the defense, though, because for a defense that has been very solid all year long, like not perfect, but they've been pretty solid all yeah, year long. above average. They didn't step up against a rookie quarterback like this. Like, they let Marvin Jones Jr. Let me say that again. Marvin Jones Jr. carve them up. <laughs> I'm not. This isn't a big-name wide receiver. This is a decent it's wide receiver. number one wide receiver for the yeah. Jaguars. So hey, <laughs> take that for what you will. And, and they, somehow the Jaguars established a ground game against them, too. And I'm like, where's DeForest Buckner? Where's his defense at? They Nobody had, was there. Yeah, it was just a flat game all around for the, the Indianapolis Colts. Anything jump out at you from the other games? Guys, um, I think my favorite game of the weekend was the Rams and Niners game. To see the Rams or the Niners to come back, I believe what were they down by? They were down half? seventeen in the yeah. first quarter. Yeah, first quarter was, they it, were down seventeen. It was, it was a hard. That's one. when like I, um, I was like, this ball game's over, boys. Oh, I totally I thought it was it over. Too. I wasn't watching it. So I said I, I just left it on because I needed Debo Samuel to do good for me, <laughs> and I did. He did do good for me. Um. But yeah, that, that was just super exciting to see. All of a sudden, the Niners just flip like a switch in that second half, and that was that, that was a hell of a game. Freaking George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, for those who want to know, yes, Tyler and I first each other in the uh, last week of the season for and the, the championship. Is Tyler, Tyler Woo! is the winner. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I applaud as well. <laughs> You're a jerk. You're such a jerk. I'm conceited. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you were worried about me? He just turned on the applause for himself. Like I was going to come in here like. His ego's twice as big as he is. Right? I was going to come in here like Ric Flair you thought, and he comes in here with applauses. Jeez. Hey, I saw the opportunity. You know how many t- often I wanted to use these little sound <laughs> effects buttons? I know. Perfect. It's great. I'll say this much. Uh, I don't know about you, Andrew. Yeah. My game of the day, Pittsburgh. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it was, the worst team. And, and, and I'm going I'm to sit here and tell you, guys, there's no way they should be in the playoffs. No, None at all. Well, the whole I, thing and is I can freely admit that, being yeah. a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, there is no way this team should be in the playoffs. God only knows how Big Ben made it happen. <laughs> um, but they're in. And here's the scary part. The tie is what's helped help them, right? Yeah. Yes. They're going to go and play Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily count them out against Kansas City, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, yeah for me, beating a rival to get into the playoffs and just have the faith because everybody's like, oh, there's no way Pittsburgh's getting in because there's no way the Colts poo the bed. Yeah. Oh, I have a very interesting fact because I was sitting in the studio working and I was just very curious. Uh, but just because I was like, if they were, the, the announcers were talking about if the Steelers were to tie. Twice in one season. And I'm yeah. like, has any team have ever done that? And there has. And I was, so then I found out how many ties has one team had in one season? Mm-hmm. 
1932, the Chicago Bears have had six ties <laughs> in one season. Leave it to what? the Bears. Seven, Leave one, and six. <laughs> Leave it to the Bears. Does that count as a they good probably, record? What is yeah, that? I don't, I don't know. know. went on to win like the title that year, too. Oh, they, 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 and the year guessing? after, they... They tied twice in one Is season. That, that's well. the Sid Luckman years then. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> You're not losing. Okay. We had talked about this whole scenario. Yeah. What if, if you are the, the Chargers and the Raiders sitting there watching the Colts lose, do you then conference call one another and go, you know, it wouldn't be such a bad scenario if we you tied. You miss a field goal. We, we miss, miss a field goal. goal. Yeah. We can just. And to funny enough. <laughs> You came within what three seconds? Pretty much. <laughs> that happened. I gotta say that you was. Know, you know Pittsburgh and Ben's oh, like yeah. this is not how I go out. Did you guys? This see? is not how I go out. <laughs> you see Justin Herbert towards the end of that game. You can see him mouth like God. I've never been so excited for it. Like been hoping so much for a tie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I no. That was my that was my favorite game of the week. Honestly, it was, it was a really good game. It was, it was really so good, good back and forth. It gets down to the wire and the implications of that game <laughs> made it that much more exciting and this and I talked about this last week this the I believed that the Philadelphia Dallas game was going to be with the game of the week this actually turned into the game of the week this was as exciting as you can get and of course you've got the clutchest man in the world maybe Daniel Carlson stepping up the cowboy himself with the the six shooter of a leg <laughs> kicking it through I mean, as pure as day, it was it was the most beautiful thing, and it happens in o- I mean, in Oakland too. He's never missing that stadium, not Oakland, Las Vegas. But yeah, it's it's in, it's incredible. Oh, the other game I won. <laughs> you were talking about <laughs> Rams uh, 49ers. Yeah. Did anybody else notice uh, somebody was pulling double duty that game? Oh yeah. No. What? Robbie, Robbie, good as gold. Oh yeah. yeah. Punting and and not doing a bad job at punting. No, yeah, I mean he's done it before. But <laughs> I, think he, I think he it was he, a forty-seven yard two thousand and seven. Yeah, the last time he wow. punted a yeah. ball. That was the last time. Because my uncle asked me, and I said, I think he did a little at Penn State, but I don't know if he's done it in the pros. And they were like two thousand and seven. I went, oh, yeah. I wonder if that was one of those years that uh, uh, the, uh you know the putter I'm thinking of too. Oh, uh, Bolt, I forgot his name now. Jeez, I. It can't. starts with an M, right? Brad May Mayor. Maynard, Maynard, Brad, Brad Maynard. Maynard. Yeah, oh my it God. might have been one of those names that Maynard went out. The yeah. thing that had to hurt the most in that 49ers and Rams game, Cooper Cup was 18 yards away from beating uh, oh, Calvin yeah. Johnson. We talked record. about this though, and I I agree with Andrew. I think there should be asterisks on those on those unfortunately, records. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I as much as I applaud TJ Watt for getting 22 and a half sacks, yeah. there should be an asterisk. There's an extra game. Just like there would have, should oh, yeah. have been for Cooper. It's the record no, in, the new, in, the, in new the new era of 17 games. Yeah, I, I if totally this agree. Holds up, I wasn't even you. thinking about that extra, yeah. extra game that they had this season. Yeah, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't dev, I don't want to say it devalues it, but it changes the the level of how we speak about it. That's it's for all, sure. yeah, for yeah. sure. Just like 14 interceptions in 12 games by Night Train Lane, that ain't ever gonna like. I'm like, sorry. As good as that looked, if uh, Tav, uh, Trayvon Diggs did it, yeah. Not even close. No. It's not even no. close. Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, a unbelievably great drama for the last week in the NFL when we thought all the games were just going to be actual that duds. Was, th- this was probably great. one of my favorite 
weeks of the NFL. Oh yeah, because there, there was, was so much that came so down much, to the much, wire. So much drama, and I was oh. expecting because a lot of teams weren't going to play their starters, or they took them out the second half. Yeah, which screws over a lot of fantasy <laughs> owners. De- fantasy Detroit, Detroit Green Bay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jordan Love, you got to hit that. <laughs> you want you want a job? Come on, man. Come on. Um, but that being said, we are done with Uno. Hour of blow the whistle. You scared me. I thought we were I done know. with the show. But guess what's next? The deuce. What the deuce? What the deuce? deuce? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number two of blow the whistle is right around the corner. And in that hour, we will continue our playoff talk and some college football national title game talk with our boy from Bet MGM tonight. Ryan Horvat's going to be in the building. He will be right back with us after this. Playoff. Playoff. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? That's right. Put me on, you rookie. Oops. You rookie. How dare you? Oh, my gosh. Shame. Make us look like a bunch of amateurs around God, here. I'm actually supposed to get paid for this somewhere else. And I screw that up. It's not looking good. Well, welcome back to hour number two, ladies and gentlemen of Blow the Whistle. I'm David Dexter. I'm here with my boy, Andrew Valentin, and rookie boy over here, rookie Tyler Ball. Buterball. Oh, my gosh. That was good. So we're going to be talking some bulls, some transfer portal and money talk when it comes to college football. But in these next two segments, we have an absolutely great guest joining us. He is the host of BetMGM tonight. He is the king of transitions. He is an alum of the Illinois Center of Broadcasting, a.k.a. Illinois Media School. And also, if you ask him what condiment he would love to have for the rest of his life to dip his french fries in, his answer would be yellow mustard. It's Ryan Horvat, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How's it going, Ryan? What's going on, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Excited for the uh, game tonight in the NFL playoffs. Although, you know, it's always like the most depressing time of the year because yesterday... You know, around like 7 p.m., uh, Red Zone Channel goes off the air and it says, instead of "We'll see you next week," it says "We'll see you next season." And that's that's usually like the most depressing thing. But I'm glad to hear you guys are going to be talking some Bulls because at least now we have the Bulls and they're relevant again. Because like the last decade has been an absolute, it's been crap. It's what it's been. It's what it's been. So it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's nice. That's way to put it's it. It's nice for them to be relevant again, man. So uh, yeah, excited for the show tonight. All right. I'm looking forward to it as well. So let me get your thoughts on on the upcoming wild card weekend. Uh, do you have any surprises that you see possibly happening in this weekend? You know, I actually just bet every single game, which I, re- I rarely ever do. I feel like I like every single game. So, uh, you know, I, I do like Cincinnati at home against Las Vegas, you know, even though, I mean, last night, that was the most insane game I've seen in years, just because it really looked like we were actually going to get a tie. I felt bad for Steelers fans, kind of felt bad for Steelers fans there. Did you really want Roethlisberger, Ryan, did you really want Roethlisberger in the playoffs, though? Come on, I'll be honest. (laughs) 
No, I don't. I want Justin <laughs> Herbert in the playoffs. Like we all should. You thought Justin Herbert deserves to be in the playoffs, man. So many drops last night, but then like so many bad decisions, terrible play calls. And this is why I ragged on the Chargers and Joe Lombardi who calls the plays. You know, he comes over from New Orleans, and all year long I was like, dude, you have Justin Herbert. You no longer have Drew Brees. Let him air it out. And the play calls on early downs are what's terrible. Like, how many fourth downs, fourth and a billion yards did Justin Herbert face last night where he had least? I mean, the throws he made last night were just ridiculous. But the play calling was terrible. Um, the timeout at the end, oh, my God. I mean, they should be in the playoffs. Nobody should want to watch Big Ben. In fact, I think the Chiefs, are going to roll all over the Steelers. So oh. I did bet the Chiefs. I like the Bengals. Um, but then again, I'm becoming kind of a Bengals fan. I've, I really like Joe Burrow. You I and think he's one of the toughest you and, you and me both, man. I'm, 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 I'm so distanced myself away from the Bears. And at this point, I'm rolling with Houday Nation, Joe Burrow. Because I'm, I'm an LSU fan. So when they got Joe Burrow, I was so excited. And adding Jamar Chase, they've, I mean, the way they've turned that around, it's incredible how they've become so good so fast. Yeah, remember when everybody was ragging on the pick, too? Like, you don't take a wide receiver. You need to draft an offensive yep. lineman. Like, you can find a lineman, right? You can't find a receiver like Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, so I understand people ragging when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley. I'm not taking a running back in the top five, but I'll take another Jamar Chase in the top five any day. I mean, dude's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I do like the Bengals. A lot. I don't know how far they could go. I just I think right now the Raiders are playing with house money. I can't believe they won that game. It's pretty much Derek Carr. I mean, half of Darren Waller right now. And then Hunter Renfro, who I never knew Hunter Renfro was going to be this good. I thought he was going to be a decent pro, like a slot receiver. But now he's their number one receiver. They keep finding ways to win, mainly that pass rush. I think the Bengals beat him uh, coming up this weekend, though. Anybody that you see pulling the straight upset in these in these games? Yeah, so, all right, so I know everybody's going to like New England. I'm on Buffalo. That's obviously not an upset because Buffalo's favored, but I do feel like New England will end up being the public side because it's Belichick. You look at that game where the Patriots beat the Bills, they're not going to be able to do that again unless there's 24 inches of snow because (laughs) Mac Jones, like we saw it again yesterday, you guys, Mac Jones, if he has to play from behind, is not there yet. They beat you by running the ball. The Bills aren't going to allow them to do that again, so. I won't be surprised if the Bills make a run to the Super Bowl. I guess the upset that I see happening is I think San Francisco is going to beat Dallas. Ooh, I know, yes. like Dallas That's is, the one I'm picking, Dallas, too. Yeah. You, yeah, exactly. Like, Dallas has been trending up defensively, and that's really what's been carrying them. But they haven't been the same team offensively. And I know everybody's going to overrate them because of what they just did against a bunch of fourth stringers from uh, the Eagles. <laughs> but still, um, I think San Francisco is playing their best football right now. Debo Samuel is probably the best player on the planet because you could literally line that dude up anywhere. He could catch touchdowns. You could line him up in the slot. You know, he could run those five, ten-yard routes. He could run the ball. He's probably their best running back. You could line him up at quarterback. He could throw the ball. He could run the wildcat with them. And then I think uh, they're going to get George Kittle finally going next week too. So I think the Niners will pull off the upset. I guess here's another one for you if you like betting or if you're looking at a point spread. I think the Eagles are going to keep it close against Tampa Bay. I have no idea how because they're going to have to run the ball, and that's what Tampa Bay doesn't allow you to do. I just feel like all these injuries are going to catch up to the Bucs, and the Eagles are playing with some momentum right now. They've been one of the better teams the second half of the year. Give me Philly uh, to keep that within a touchdown. You know how that happens, Ryan? 
Jalen Hurt goes out injured and Garden Minshew comes in and just lights it up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, though. Like, that, that's exactly – dude, I'm not even kidding. Like, I, I would run something where, you know, it's just Minshew, like when you want to throw the ball down the field, and then bring in Hurt for, like, some gadget-type plays. Hey, I'm telling you, I think that you could, you could catch them off guard if you get creative. I would love to see Tampa Bay get knocked out. I really would. I know that everybody wants – like, there's people rooting for Brady versus Belichick. That Super Bowl would be damn awful. I do not want to That'd see that. Like, that would give be me, Give me Mahomes, Rodgers, or Josh Allen, Rodgers. You know, if the Packers do have to lose because I'm a Packer fan. I, I'll tell you this. I don't want to see the Rams. I thought until yesterday they were the team that scares me. You guys – is Matthew Stafford ever going to beat a team with a winning record? Was he 10 and 75 against teams with a winning record? <laughs> that interception, Jared Goff could have did that yesterday. I oh yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh yeah, he put way too much that, air underneath that. Mm-hmm. Dude, Jared Goff outplayed Stafford yesterday. I know he was playing against Green Bay's four stringers and a bunch of you know <laughs> gro- grocery store workers, but still, I thought that he looked a lot better. Uh, Jared Goff did than Stafford. I know Stafford throws the better deep ball. But, man, he makes some terrible decisions. And also, another thing with him, I mean, you guys know this, if you're Bears fans especially, he's always hurt. Like, he just goes down. Anytime he gets hit, he gets up and he hobbles. I'm not calling him a faker. I'm just saying, like, the guy, anytime he gets knocked over, he's injured. It's the L.A. mentality of... I think it's the Matthew Stafford mentality at this point. I'm, I'm hurt. I'll flop. Ugh. I'll flop. But that being said, like, like, go ahead, you know, Ryan. Last thing, I'll say, but last thing I'll say really quick about Stafford is we just always blame the Lions organization, right? Like, well, he's never won a playoff game. He's only been to the playoffs twice because of the Lions. But, like, he had Kelvin Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, he's had weapons. And I get it. Like, he's never really had an offensive line or a defense. But Aaron Rodgers has taken some bad teams to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, look at some of these quarterbacks. Justin Herbert almost took the Chargers to the playoffs in his second year. So, I just feel like we always make excuses for Stafford. This year we finally find out if he's any good. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ask you this real quick because your team has, has the week off. Are you praying to the Lords above that nothing happens in this next week and a half to your boy Aaron Rodgers? Because everything that I saw yesterday was not good from your boy Jordan Love. Oh, Jordan Love is a dumpster fire. I, 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 get killed. I, get, I get killed because I say this. Like, Jordan Love has so many supporters and backers. It's weird because when I was doing morning radio in Milwaukee, man, like, I'm a big Rodgers guy. I think he's one of the best. If he's not the best quarterback, I think he's the most talented quarterback. He's never going to be the most decorated because that's going to be Brady. But as far as, like, Three to four times a game, you watch him, and you're like, man, I don't know how many dudes could do that. I don't know how many guys can make that throw. Maybe Mahomes. You know, I'll tell you, Burrow throws a really nice deep ball. Um, I, I think Justin Fields is going to be really good. I just think that he needs to stop whatever that jump pass thing that he does. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I think that he just, like, he needs a, he needs a play caller that actually believes in him. But uh, going back to the original topic, yeah, I, I think that they have to protect him at all costs. The good thing is, I mean, not that it's good, but he's already had COVID. So now the next time they could even test him is the night before the Super Bowl. So oh, he's you, good up until that night. Before. You better guys, hope that doesn't not, happen. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. If Brady or Rodgers or Mahomes, let's be honest, they are not testing anybody the night before the Super Bowl. It's one more night. <laughs> That's fair. I heard Brady say that he had COVID like four days after the parade. Brady probably, not only was he playing injured, 
how many guys do you guys think play in that Super Bowl with COVID? Like, let's be honest. I, here's That's a great fair. quote. Yeah. One of but Alabama's we, wide receivers was asked tonight, they asked him, hey, uh, you know, when's the last time you got tested for COVID? And he said he doesn't even remember that it, Bama, they only get tested if somebody comes down with symptoms. There's no chance that somebody's sitting out tonight or in the Super Bowl because of COVID. <laughs> I can't back that up because that's the whole uh, campus in general. As my brother, as I was telling you, goes there, and did nothing nothing exists over there. They, there's no COVID down there. <laughs> because it's the United <laughs> Empire of Bama. <laughs> Tuscaloosa's in its own little bubble. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get COVID down there. <laughs> it's their own kingdom out there. Exactly, man. Exactly. Like, Bama, Alabama, hell, like, when I was in Iowa, like, same thing exactly they don't there's just some places on this planet where there's no such thing as covid and god bless their god bless their souls florida. Like, i don't want covid <laughs> florida, yeah, florida. florida does not exist if you go out there everybody's not wearing a mask and it's so odd it's the weirdest oh, thing. exactly and, and everybody comes home from florida and they have covid like i've had like 20 buddies they, they come home from florida and they're like hey you want to hang out i'm like absolutely not and then two days later they can't smell they can't taste and they're coughing all over the place and they're in quarantine for 14 days like i get it you're, you're gonna be everybody's like it's just a cold you're gonna be fine i'll tell you this i don't even want a cold i i hate cold i don't why would i not want to smell or taste my food for a week like the playoffs are this weekend i want to taste the wings I want to smell them. I want to enjoy the games without a raging headache. Oh my gosh, that's right. Tonight's Italian beef night at BetMGM tonight, isn't it? So guess what? I actually that's oh. not going to happen because because, because of uh, unforeseen circumstances. So I couldn't place any bets on my mobile app. So I actually had to drive an hour to the casino. Now I'm stuck in traffic. Zero <laughs> oh percent no. chance I get home to Maryland and then see. So I'm in my car right now. But I had to bet a lot of money on the uh, Georgia Bulldogs tonight. That's that's my guy. Well, I mean, uh, I know I've got I've been telling the guys, you know, it's sneaky, sneaky. I I've got Pittsburgh with a possible upset of Kansas City, even though you have them rolling, Ryan. Andrew, do you have a, a upset you want to get some? Yeah, input on. I mean, I'm I'm agreeing. The San Francisco one, I think San Francisco can definitely come up against Dallas, especially in that rivalry too. San Francisco definitely wants to always get at Dallas. That's always a great one. I'll say Arizona possibly getting against the Rams. Okay, I think the yeah. I think there's a good chance that Kyler Murray maybe outplays Matthew Stafford. Oh, there's and no that, chance there. Well, yeah, <laughs> so that, that'll probably happen. Yeah. And that defense too. I mean, I think they're going to be kind of scarily scarily good to be able to stop them too. So, yeah, Tyler. I like that Niners and Cowboys upset as well. I mean, seeing how the Niners played against the Rams yesterday, that was, like I, like I said earlier, that was my favorite game of the mm-hmm. whole weekend. And I've never, I, I, I can still never have that much confidence in the Cowboys as every season they're always overhyped. And even though they look better than they usually have been, but they've always been overhyped. And I think they're just going to choke against the Niners. I think Niners are going to, like, really put it to them. But I do like that Cardinals and Rams game as well. That one to me, that that's up in the air. I think anyone can win that one. Yeah, that one's good. That one's going to be. No really one's going to stick their leg out and go for somebody that no one. Will, I'm saying Pittsburgh, baby. There's no way. I mean, look at, say, I can't say look Vegas. At, I'm going look, with the Bengals. Look Come at on, how the Chiefs, look at how the Chiefs have played though. I mean, they're so but inconsistent. They, 
they started off inconsistent, but they started to find their groove later in the mm. season. I I mm. think it's not going to be close. I don't think it'll it's be close Patrick either. Mahomes, I'm just, just kind of hoping. Just kind of Patrick Mahomes Ben I just want to see a broken Ben go as far as he can, <laughs> hobbling down the field as long as he can. See him get sniped again. You mean riding on Najee Harris's shoulders? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Come <No>. on, Grandpa. <laughs> Let's go. That's what he did yesterday. Yeah. Najee, take us to the promised land. Well, on that being said, we will be back with another segment with Ryan Horvat, and we are going to find out, can the dogs swim with the tide or will they drown again? Next on Blow the Whistle. You know how Ryan said that he was sad that it was the final sign-off for the Red Zone last <laughs> yesterday? Kind of sad. This might be the last time we play this for a little while. Oh, oh we got to find an excuse. College to- basketball. I am not playing this for college basketball. <laughs> I love this. No, absolutely not. I'm sad that the last Bears game was yesterday because now there's no more free food in the studio. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> the pizza was good. I, well, yeah, it's a really yeah. is, right? I almost stuffed some in my backpack. You guys are making home. me hungry and this sucks right <laughs> I know, now. I'm, so I'm I haven't eaten getting yet. Hungry. Well, <laughs> it's time to talk about it. About what? Here we go. Them Bulldogs versus that Tide tonight. I'm so excited. I'm going to ask a question to all the listeners. Now I'm going to come to Ryan because I want to know what his insights are. Uh, what do you think is going to be the determining factor in the national title game tonight? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Ryan, what do you believe the determining factor in the national title game is going to be tonight? That's a great question. I think it's going to be, for me, it's going to be um, what adjustments has Georgia made? Meaning, Stetson Bennett. Like, Stetson Bennett was so damn good in the college football playoff because Georgia kind of, like, took the leash off him. And, I mean, their offense was perfectly balanced. But also, like, they let him make some throws to kind of build some confidence, right? Like, and, and you need him to be confident going up against this Bama defense. Like, you really do. You need him to make some plays, not only with his legs, but with his arm, because if it's just Georgia running the ball for three to four yards per pop, they're screwed in this game. Like, because when Bama gets the ball, you know what they're going to look to do. They're going to look to take deep shots down the field because they have the best quarterback in the country. The reason I like Georgia so much in this game is because Bama's a little bit beat up right now. I think that John Mechie injury is huge. Not that they don't have other guys that are playmakers, right? Like, we do this every year with Bama. It's like, oh, man, Jalen Waddle's gone. And what do they do? They replace him with another five-star. Julio Jones is gone. They replaced him with Amari Cooper. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll have other guys to make plays. But still, like, they're missing him. And then they're missing some guys in the secondary. So, Stetson Bennett needs to play with some confidence tonight, man. Like, he didn't sound all too confident when they interviewed him right after that game, you know, about what he was going to do, the adjustments. But I think if he just has a decent enough game and they're able to run the ball for five to six yards and put, you know, 30 points on the board, 24 to 30 points on the board, then I think that Georgia's going to win this game because, like, the whole time, the reason I like Bama so much that first game is because we were getting Bama seven-point underdogs. Now you're telling me there's a five-point, like, change in the market. And also, like, the reason I like them so much is because 
they had a month to prepare for Georgia, right? Bill O'Brien, who's right now in what I like to call the Nick Saban rehab program, you know, like Wayne Kiffin was. It's always, you know what I mean? Like Nick Saban finds one of these guys that's down and out, lets them call plays for a few seasons, and then all of a sudden they get jobs. Now, Lane's, Lane's a terrible example because I think he's a great coach. But, like, do you really want Bill O'Brien? Let me ask you guys this. If you hear Bill O'Brien's the next head coach of the Bears, what are you doing? I'm running exactly. for the hills. So, yeah, yeah exactly. it's not a good thing. <laughs> Go so, Titans. So he, he, had a full <laughs> month, he had a full month to prepare for Georgia last time, you guys. And, you know, now now he's been preparing for Michigan. I'm not saying that, I, I'm not saying that like, you know, they're not going to have the perfect game plan. I'm just saying that I think Georgia's going to be more well-prepared. And I do believe in bulletin board material and motivation. And they got, like, curb stomped in that first one. Their arrival, these kids all know each other. I'll, I'll tell you this. If Kirby doesn't beat Nick Saban tonight, he never will. This is their best opportunity to win a national championship. They've been the best team in college football all season long except for one terrible performance. Their, their secondary, which was inexperienced, learned a lot, I think, from that game. So I think the determining factor is going to come down to Stetson Bennett He's not going to have to play. Have to outplay, you know, the best quarterback in the country tonight because that's not going to happen. But he's going to have to hold his own, and he's not going to be able to turn the ball over. Or they're screwed. They can't leave points on the field. Their family will destroy them. You absolutely brought up the bane of my existence, Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I would say I said that he was going to be the reason that Georgia lost against Michigan, and boy, did he prove yep. me wrong and make me eat every single word that I said bad about him and come in the next Monday and go, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. He's a first-round draft pick, number one overall. Because <laughs> that's what he looked like. He was dropping dimes that whole night against Michigan, and if he, I, I agree with you. If he comes it's going to come down to the play of Stetson Bennett. And if he can come out there and do, I'd even say 75% of what he did against Michigan, it's going to go a long way of Georgia coming out of there with a victory. Also, you're not also not going to have Bryce Young play the absolute lights out game that he played against <laughs> Georgia. The first time he was, he was damn near perfect. Yeah. Right, like they're going to have to get some sort of pass rush, right? Like they're not going to you can't you can't allow so what Bama did against Cincinnati was the perfect game plan because the reason I I thought Cincinnati was going to keep that game a little bit closer because I thought that Cincinnati all season long and and they do. They have the best secondary in the country. But what did Bama do against them? They just ran the ball right down their throats. They're not going to be able to do that you guys tonight against Georgia. Now I think now we realize how good John, like how good Mechie is, right? Like when he's missing in this game. And Georgia's secondary plays much better. But they're going to have to get some pressure on him. You can't let him sit in the pocket for four to five seconds like he did in that first performance, or he's going to pick you apart. So you're going to have to flush him out of the pocket. That's why if you guys like player props, you, you know, I played for some reason his rushing yards was ten and a half. He's probably going to have that on one rush because um, they're going to flush him out of the pocket. But, yeah, Stetson Bennett, like, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for, but he has to play confident. That game against Bama, he looked nervous. You know, he you can just tell when guys look nervous. A great example of that, Jordan Love. Like, anytime he actually gets an opportunity, it's like he's merging on the highway 250 miles per hour. It's like, dude, breathe. <laughs> Calm down, you know? Justin Fields sometimes, too. You know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. he gets out there. It's just like, it's like, dude, breathe and just play the game. Like, just play the game. Like, yeah, some of these guys – and then some of these guys just have it they're like cool and calm. Like look at Herbert last night, fourth and a billion, and he's completing balls. Look at Joe Burrow. You know what I mean? 
some dudes just have it, and some just look like they don't. Trevor Lawrence, like, he's always, like, crapping his pants, throwing off his back foot. <laughs> just relax, man. Well, to be fair, he also plays for the Jaguars, so, I mean. Right. No, he's got, <laughs> he's got no help. Right. He's got no help. And yeah. he played his ass off yesterday. He was great yesterday, so. Oh, Bad yeah. time to use, an exa- use him as an example. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Ryan, well, I mean, you talked about Stetson Bennett kind of being like one of the X factors in this. My X factor, I would agree Stetson Bennett for Georgia. But on the other side, and I'm not picking Bama on this, but when I look at Alabama's defense, I mean, they have maybe the best pass rusher in college football in Willie Anderson Jr. He's actually my X yeah. factor for when I look at the Alabama Crimson Tide as far as the defense goes because I think if anybody's going to be able to get a pass rush on a guy like Stetson Bennett, I think he's the guy that if he gets to him at least, I would say, three times, I think that's able that's going to be a, give Alabama a chance to win this game. But would you say that maybe Alabama's defense can possibly shut down Stetson Bennett the same way we saw it the last time we did because it was, what, two touchdowns and like four or five interceptions, something like that? Do you think that this defense can recreate anything close to that? Or do you think that this is like Georgia's, you know, opportunity to kind of overcome anything, all the mistakes they made the last time? Well, yeah, it's a great question because like that's what concerns me. Um, when I'm when I'm picking Georgia in this spot, I'm actually placing my money on this because of everything you just said, because all year long we and we do this in college football, you know, because what we don't understand, like we did this with Ohio State, uh, uh, not a great example because they didn't get much better defensively the second half of the season. But we're always like, man, I don't trust them when it's early in the season. They got all freshman linebackers, yeah. but then by like week seven, week eight, they kind of figure things out, and they're all five stars. So like. At Bama, all year long, we've been like, this isn't Bama's best defense. And I'll tell you this, man, they could still shut down the run. So if Georgia comes out and they can't run the ball whatsoever, then they're screwed in this game. And and I think that that's the thing that concerns me because then, yeah, if they get after Stetson Bennett and they, they're able to just blitz him to death, that's when he's going to make those mistakes. That's when he's going to throw the ball, you know, across the middle, which I don't want to see him doing, even though he's got probably the two best tight ends in the country who he needs to use tonight. But still, like, I don't want to see him whizzing the ball across the middle because that's when he gets picked off. And I don't want to see him throwing the ball off his back foot. That is the concerning thing is because Bama's probably got, like, four to five guys that we don't even know about that'll probably be rushing the passer tonight, too. You know what I mean? Like, every national title game, we, we find out about somebody. Like, we knew about Tua, but you go back to the college football playoff when he replaces Jalen, and we were like, oh, man, this guy really is that good. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have so many guys, so that is the concerning thing is that, you know, they got a bunch of NFL players. Like, let's be honest, they have a bunch of five-star recruits. They, ba- they barely have any four-stars on that team. Like, their lowest-rated player is a three-star athlete on that team. So, yeah, that is the concerning thing is if they get after Stetson Bennett, um, it could be a long day for him. Ryan, I, I'm, I'm on the same page as you. I believe that the, the factor in this game is for Stetson Bennett to play exactly how he did against Michigan because if you looked at how he played against Bama and Michigan, it was just a totally different Georgia team that kind of showed up. And I'm not going to lie, after I saw how they played against Alabama, I thought that they just totally got exposed and that, that this is Georgia's not a legit team. But the way how they played against Michigan, I think of how Stetson Bennett's performance was really keyed up, that te- keyed up for the defense and helped the team. And I think it's going to be a lot closer against uh, Bama than it was. But I want to get your takes on this. I actually put a uh, a three uh, a three bet parlay on this game, and I put Young over three hundred four and a half passing yards, Bennett two forty five and a half over passing yards, 
and then Bowers to get the first touchdown of the game. I just want to get your takes on that. Yeah, I love that. I played Bowers first touchdown too, like really small. <laughs> so I love it with the parlay. I honestly, I love all those. I'm going to play Stetson Bennett. Okay, so I'm going to play Stetson Bennett over passing yards and over rushing yards. But dude, that is a discounted price. And I love, because we don't always get college football props. If we did, I probably wouldn't be on the phone with you guys or even going to the show right now. <laughs> stuck in traffic because like I would be on a beach somewhere. The other day I got Stroud, uh, CJ Stroud for Ohio State. In that bowl game, his passing yards for some reason was 307. Like he went over that in the second quarter. So I think that this is a discounted punt. If Stetson Bennett doesn't throw for at least 295 to 300 yards, Georgia's getting trounced. And Bowers is going to be the best player on the field. That's the other thing, man, is the last that these two teams played, you know, you, they need to use him, man. Like use him like he's the best player on the field, right? Um, so I think he needs to be targeted no less than 10 times, especially in the red zone. I love that bet. So I'm going to play him with the first touchdown too. Because like I said, they have to throw the ball early. And when you get in the red zone, throwing the ball to anybody else besides your best red zone target, who's also huge, is, is, a, is a criminal act. So I'm with you. I love that parlay. There you Perfect. go, Tyler. You feel better now? I feel a little bit better. <laughs> Ryan, I want to thank you for coming on with us. It was an absolute pleasure. Where can everybody find you, Ryan? Well, yeah, I'm heading into the show right now. You can also find me on Twitter, at Ryan Horvat. Uh, the show, BetMGM Tonight, will be on the air 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, which back home, 6 to 10. Uh, I'm starting to figure these things out. And, uh, yeah, give me a follow on Twitter, Ryan Horvat, H-O-R-V-A-T. It's a weird last name. Thanks again, Ryan. We appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you tonight and very soon after that. All right, man? Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. You too, man. All right, guys, we are headed into the portal for the next segment here on Blow the Whistle. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Bling, bling, ching, ching. Know this song you know, all too well. Man, one of the best entrance songs in WWE Absolutely. by far. <laughs> I love this. But that being said, we are here to talk NIL and transfer portal in college football. And I want to throw out a quick question to all our listeners, our our new listeners from the Under the Hood podcast, our old listeners from the Under the Hood podcast or Sports Town Chicago or any of the varied platforms that you hear us on. Let us know what you think. My question to you is... Because QuadPod doesn't forget about you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe that the transfer portal and NIL make college football more entertaining? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And I'm going to Tyler first and foremost. What do you think, man? Does it make it a lot more fun? Oh, I definitely think so. Because, you know, you got players that in some schools it doesn't work out for them. Like, um... I could say Martinez, for an example, for yeah. Nebraska. It wasn't really working out for him, and so he he went in, and then I believe he went to Liberty. But, I mean... If, liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> every time. Every time I hear that. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea. I mean, these kids should definitely have the choice to to transfer over to where they want to they want to play. I mean, even if it, aside from it being sports related, anyone can transfer to different schools. So if they if they for athletes it should be the same way and I mean hell if professionals can get traded or can move off to different teams, 
I don't see why they can't do the college kids. College students would not be able to do that as well. Yeah. I, what about you, Andrew? What are your thoughts? Well, I know Nick Saban and, and Kirby Smart came out yeah. in the press conferences and kind of said that there need to be more restrictions and more rules about said said mm-hmm. NI. And, okay, let, let's be real, ladies and gentlemen. If two top 300 recruits don't go to Jackson State instead of major universities, quote-unquote major universities, I think this isn't even a discussion point. No. Uh, well, this is what Nick Saban had to say. He said, we need some kind of national legislation to control that. Uh, that being the impact of NIL rules when he was asked. So he's talking about NIL. Um, there will be an imbalance as to who dominates college football if it isn't regulated. Now, this this is coming from Nick Saban on what he had to say. And I saw this on Instagram. And obviously, there is a ton of comments of people being like, you have the most dominant football program yeah. Yeah. in the country. And funny enough, Jay Billis actually commented on this Instagram post, and I had it on our Instagram for X-Bomb Sports. Check it out. Um, but he said, no, there is no national legislation to regulate any spending or revenue genera- generated in college in college sports. There are no such regulations needed for athletes. I agree with that. I do, too. I agree if there's no... Any, any sort of regulations or any sort of legislature that holds back colleges and programs on how they spend their money, then it's the same with college athletes. So I, I agree that I, I think it does make it more interesting because there are a ton of kids who commit to these schools. And listen, if you're not finding yourself at home, if you don't feel like you're going to get your opportunity there, guess what? The way that the NFL works, if you're looking at that or if you're looking at any other sport you can go to another program and they'll find you if you play well enough. We've How many times have we seen the guy that comes out of nowhere that ultimately becomes the star, right? It happens all the time in the league. If that's your cause, if you're looking to go somewhere else because of the money or the NIL and all that stuff, listen, yeah, it's a little bit like the Wild Wild West right now. Everybody's offering up a ton of money and stuff, right? You just had, what's his name, Charlie Botch, who just offered a ton of money to Caleb Williams to go yeah. play at Eastern Michigan, yeah. his alma yeah. mater. He a did. million dollars, okay? So, yes, it's a little bit out of control if you want to look at it like that, but ultimately, I think that the transfer portal gives kids a second chance. It gives a lot of the top guys an opportunity to go elsewhere, right? You got Caleb Williams, Quinn Hewers, all these other guys that are leaving. Rattler. Rattler's another one, but it gives a lot of these other smaller guys the chance to go somewhere else too. You can use Jalen Hurts as an example. Absolutely. Like he was he was in a tough competition with mm-hmm. Alabama with Tua, and Tua ended up becoming the starter. And obviously, if I was Jalen Hurts, I would have I would have been like, Hell yeah, I'm transferring too. If I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and become second string and waste my time. Yeah. When I know I could be a starter at another dominant school. And that that helped him out and that helped his uh He also had the kid draft- from Clemson. Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. For the life of me. uh, He was the starting quarterback, got hurt. Trevor Lawrence got in there and just, everybody Uh, was like, okay. Kelly Bryant. Yeah, Kelly Kelly Bryant. Yes. Kelly Bryant left. And and, and this is, this is, and this gets into another thing too, because uh, I I was going to use that as a you're killing me smalls at some point, but it's been a while now. Kirk Herbstreet, obviously, and Desmond Howard had this whole thing about the kids leaving the bowl games and the transfer portal. And they were saying that kids just these days, they don't love football. They don't, they don't love football because they keep changing oh, schools yeah. and they keep no, they, and they have, don't play in bowl games. It's, it's the, it, 
It is free agency on a college football exactly. level. Yeah, exactly. They are allowed to choose if they want to play in a bowl game or not. If you're playing in the national championship, it makes total sense. If you're a small-time guy that thinks you have a chance to go to the draft and you want to help your draft stock, it makes sense to play in the bowl game. If you're a first-round draft pick, if you've heard that you're going to be a first-round pick in the mock drafts and you're playing in the Al- Alamo Bowl Outback or the bowl. Outback Let's go Bowl, Alpo. yeah, something like that. You're probably not going to play. You're Jake, risking your chance. Jaquan Brisker and Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Very, very, very poignant right there. Absolutely. I had no issue with them opting out of the Outback Bowl right. because they are er, er, late first round, early second round projected players from Penn State, and they don't want to risk losing Millions exactly, and millions of dollars. And meanwhile, you've got Matt Coral who plays in his game and may have cost himself millions if this injury is very severe. Yes, and yeah. that's what you have to understand. And so, when you've got these kids who are saying they're going to leave the bowl games, or you've got Caleb Williams now who's basically saying like, maybe I'll leave Oklahoma. I don't know yet. He's trying to figure out his options because if Oklahoma's not going to be that good, he wants to go somewhere where he can get a chance to go play possibly in the NFL or at least have a successful enough college career that he can maybe make some money off of it and have some life after football. I'm kind of shocked Caleb. I'll be honest with you. I am shocked Caleb Thompson left Texas. Yes. I I, Because he had nothing but air and opportunity. I I thought Sarkeesian liked him. I mean, um, again, compared to the guy Quinn Hewers. Yeah, Hewers is coming in, so I'm kind of... He's a very good quarterback, and... You could so he it. just thinks that there's no opportunity for him to start with yours Probably. coming in because because he's a highly well, touted recruit and I and I know good on you, good on you there yeah, Nebraska got Tyler. himself a quarterback so <laughs> I, I I know I was actually just super stoked when I saw that <laughs> that's the great thing too right C- Caleb Thompson is at Texas he's a four star recruit if I remember correctly but he's four four and a half yeah but he's proven he's, himself to be a really good quarterback now he's going to Nebraska where there's a lot of talent that's starting to go up there right it's looking like Scott Frost may actually start be building this program up if they can get everything right. Maybe they end up having a winning record in the Big Ten. Maybe they can't, have a chance. Scott Frost and DeFrost can't can't forget the uh, Dakotas. Dakotas Dakota, ever do it? Ever do it? That is his middle Crawford. name, ladies and gentlemen. Dakotas, Dakotas with Frost. Yes, <laughs> that works. I'm gonna put that on a T-shirt. But I'm telling you right now, Nebraska now has a legitimate chance to win that West next year. Legit. I think so. Legit. Oh yeah. I definitely I, think so. From how what they're do from what's going on and how they're like um what they're what moves they're making, I don't see why they couldn't be. I think they're definitely a contender. But Andrew, I want to go back to I forgot who you said said it about that oh these guys don't want to play football. It was no Kirk more. Herbstreet and Desmond Howard because they were going Kirk Herbstreet was like, Well, you know, these guys don't love football and then Desmond Howard was like, Yeah, back in our days we used to play in our bowl games and it's like, man, back in your Day, you only had a couple of bowl games to play with. You only had, like, right. what, 12 bowl games or something to play with? You didn't have, like, 48 different games to choose from. And see, that the thing that's the, the dumbest thing about that that makes no sense is, of course, these guys, for them, for these guys to make the decision to opt out of the bowl games, that doesn't make a difference of that, that they don't love football. They, yeah. they want their, they want no, to they focus want, their career they, yeah. so they can live, make a living off they playing love football. football. So much that they're willing to and, leave. And that's my argument with the transfer portal, too. Yep. These are guys that aren't playing or have the ability to play other places. Of course they love football. They love football so much. There's no, there's no, how do, how do I say this? Like, 
people playing 12, 13 years in the NFL for the same team. It just doesn't happen anymore because of free agency. It's the same way. Your dedication to the school that first recruits you and you decide to go to, there is no dedication there anymore because you have, you may not have the opportunity to play there that you will other places. If you think you can play sooner somewhere else, Go for it, right? There's guys that all the time, they don't get the chance. They go somewhere else. They get really successful. And, oh, my God, they're like Jalen Hurts to become a second-round pick. Or they actually get drafted, finally, instead of being not drafted or drafted in the later rounds. It's a great opportunity to help spread the love of football all over the NFL and all over college football. football. Make everybody great. It's a team sport, but you got to have a little bit of selfishness in yourself to make yourself successful. you got to worry about yourself. So I, I don't understand why people are getting so upset about the transfer portal. Hey, everybody. Uh, speaking of opportunities, I got an opportunity for you. Y'all want to go streaking with the Bulls? We're going to talk about it next on Blow the Whistle. We're going streaking! Yeah. We're going streaking! Yeah. Welcome back <laughs> to Blow the Whistle oh, here God. on SportsTownChicago.com. That's right. The Bulls have been streaking, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, the streak ended last night. <laughs> this isn't your typical oh Bulls redress. Is... I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. But my question to our listeners before I throw it to my boy Tyler and Andrew about the Bulls. Do the Bulls need to add another piece to solidify them as the best team in the East? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. Tyler, what are your thoughts on that question? Hold on, let me just gather my thoughts after hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. They've, that won, was, they've won nine of their last ten. Yes. They dropped one to the Mavs yesterday. I mean, it just looked like. Everybody from the starting lineup of the Mavs was in double figures, and they, and and Levine Luka. and DeRozan just didn't have any support other no. than Kobe. But Kobe only and poured Luka, in thirteen. Luca basically did it all last night with his triple double: twenty two points, fourteen boards, and fourteen assists. So I mean, with a performance like that, it's kind of hard to like win. But I mean, they the Bulls they kept their own the entire throughout the entire game. It was just that that fourth quarter is where. The Mavericks just took advantage, and they took it, and they they won. But I mean, that's that was the weird thing because the Bulls—they're the fourth quarter Bulls, and Demar Derozan is the fourth quarter king, where he just he comes out and he just takes over. And that's Derozan the fourth quarter, Derozan the fourth quarter, the realist, <laughs> the coldest, but <laughs> DMVP. If they were to make a move, I d- I still think it should be for a big man. And the two names that have uh, I one of the two names that I've been thinking about the most is. Miles Turner from... Which has been a lot of the talk. With the Pacers. I think that'd be a big move. Um, I even... uh, I was talking to my brother about this, and I don't know if the Rockets would be open to it, but... No, Atlanta. He's on Atlanta now. Clint Capella. I think him being just a big man down, down low... Yeah. I think would be a huge help for the Bulls, but if they need... If they're gonna make a move, they need to make a move right now because... Right now, not only because we know that the, right now the Bulls should be in championship 
mode. They're being, they're playing a lot better, and they're do, they're looking a lot better than anyone ever expected them to. And they're it's rolling. And right now is a perfect time because Kobe White is playing his absolute tail off, and he his his uh, value in my opinion has totally gone up. And I think right now is a perfect time because there's lots of teams out there would would want to score like Kobe White. Yeah, I, I I I agree with that. Miles Turner, from what I've understood, he's not one of the favorites for the Bulls right now. I've heard like Lakers and a few others that are kind of coming up as far as what uh, Lakers are going to send Russell. No, to I don't Indiana. know what they're going to do. But God, it, and Russell would be in absolute heaven in Indiana. He oh would do whatever I want. I'm, I'm, this is my town. <laughs> um, no, I I He'd agree. Be a pig and slop, yeah. <laughs> just rolling around. Me happy now. Uh, Clint Capella would be good. The only thing is that he plays more of a center, so then I guess Vooch could be more of your like stretch four, if that be the case. The guys that I really like is Robert Covington because I don't think you'd have to give up too much to get him from Portland, right? And then it's Jeremy Grant from Detroit. That's the, that's been the name that it's been ringing a lot, yeah. lately. And I I I like that. I kind of forget that he's. More on the big man side, mm-hmm. he can play like a small forward, but he's got that he's got the size of a power forward that would be perfect. Yeah, for he's, Chicago. He's got that range and the ability to play kind of the small power forward position. He's a tough guy. He's 27 years old. Honestly, if you really looked at it, the only things that would really kind of cost you is like a Kobe White, probably Derek Jones Jr. One of the, probably your first round pick, the only one you have left at this point. I've, yeah, and then you would probably throw in like a Matt Thomas maybe to kind of match on salary. And maybe you could get a second-round pick out of it as well for what you're giving up, too. So you might be able to get something back along with it. I've actually heard that Patrick Williams is on the block. I have heard that, too. He is He is on the block. He is available for the trade talks. It doesn't necessarily mean they are going to trade him, but they're listening to offers because, like you said, they're in win-now mode, I think, at this point. Because the question is, do they win now or do they win later? Because DeRozan's 32, Vooch is 31. They don't really have... They have youth, but they don't have their two. Be- their best players are not exactly young, so they're looking to win right now. Ooh, and if that's yeah. the case, you're moving on probably from Patrick Williams for somebody. And I know Detroit would like to get Patrick Williams in there to start their youth rebuild. Yeah, that'd be a nice little one-two for them with yeah. uh, Cunningham, which is a bummer because I do like Patrick Williams. Oh, he's going to be. He's going to be. He's going to be a hell of a He's going to be a beast. But he's like, going to be a star. You know, it's it's business. And with the situation that the Bulls are in right now, right? They they, I wouldn't. I would expect them to put him under. Yeah, that as a as a trade block. Um, well, and you have to but, think about it too. Like in Chicago, he probably develops. In Detroit, he maybe develops, but maybe not in the same fashion that he fast. would in Chicago because he's going to be in a rebuild. They're going to. He's right now. He's around actual players that he can work with and they can build with and he can grow with there he can grow with those guys but they're all going to be really he would young kind of he would kind of have the more of take in like already step up into that leadership role because and there's exactly. really not Him much and Kate over there Cunningham would have to be like kind of the guys for right and i'm going to say this much i think kobe's become even more of a trade possibility <sighs> oh yeah since ios decided you know what let me show you a point guard that can 
shoot the ball and play defense, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a great job stepping up for where Alex Russo was supposed to be. I mean, he's doing the job. Obviously, he's young, so he's getting bullied a little bit. but And he's, he's going to. Yeah, but he's stepping up, and he's getting in people's faces. He's trying to go for seals. He's being aggressive, and he's on um, offense and defense. He's not afraid to take the ball to the rim. He's not afraid to pull up on a mid-range jumper or just take the three-point shot. He has that ability to be a leveled shooter as well as get back on D and turn the ball out and get the ball on the turnover and take it back and be able to score with it again. We've seen him do it numerous times. The only thing is that if you can get Caruso back, he wouldn't have to burn so much energy. That's my big thing is that I feel like they're running him out there so much at this point that he's going to get tired real quick, and that's the only thing I'm concerned with on him. BMAC tweeted out us, and he gave his uh, thoughts and uh, opinions. So he says that they absolutely have to make a move, and AK, I think, will do it. Names that I want, Miles Turner, Christian Wood, and reports are out that John Collins in Atlanta is frustrated down there. Problem is how much they'd have to move for all those. And he also says the roster as constructed right now is good for the regular season. They're fine in that regard. But in the playoffs, the lack of size will catch up to them. I wouldn't I would not move uh Williams for Grant though. Honestly, I would say okay. this. Um I would say that there's only really one team that's gonna give you issues in the playoffs when it comes to size. Yeah. And that's the Nets. Yeah. Well, maybe Milwaukee, Milwaukee too. Milwaukee's Milwaukee gonna be one. Be. And but Milwaukee's just that one. Yeah, well, just, and for but the it's sake a of big it, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the sake of it too, that's if they get in the playoffs. It's Cleveland as well because Cleveland is all seven feet tall and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, the, the problem heck? is, is that I mean, it's it's all size with them in defense, and then it's Darius Garland kind of leading the charge on the offense. But that's not enough for them. They need more. And I mean, listen, Cleveland could be another one where you might be able to snag Jared Allen from them if they're willing to part ways. I know they like to keep him because he's really been a big part of their team. But I no, I I agree with B with what he's saying. Christian Wood would be good. I don't think that'd cost you too much, but that may cost you Patrick Williams because, again, they're in the rebuild. They're trying to get younger. So, But Christian Wood is, again, 25, 26 years old. Really good player. Inside, outside shooter. Plays good defense. Miles Turner, I, I know a lot of people like Miles Turner. He's a good defender. He's just too much of a of an anger problem kind of guy. Like, he's not a good locker room dude. That's the problem I see because he apparently had a lot of issues in Indiana we're getting along with like uh, you know Sabanis and well, another Bebo name. and all those guys. Another name is Sabanis. I would love Sabanis. I guess he that wants out of there Williams, too. But I would love Sabanis. I got one for you, mm-hmm. and nobody's talking about him. Patrick Williams, Kobe White for Zion. No. No. Think about it though. No. He he is, might pull a Julius Randle. No, no, no. no. I, I'm being uh, no, and, and I get where you're coming from, and I'm kind of the same way. But does his attitude change once he leaves New Orleans? Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh, I think but it will. I'm not, I'm not worried about his attitude. I'm worried about his weight. I don't want his attitude to change. See, I want his see, weight to I change. think he will lose his weight. See, I think he's he pulling a, a Julius Randle. Yeah, I think he does a Charles Barkley Julius Randle. Yeah, that's exactly he shows what he's going to do. Or a James Harden. <laughs> I guarantee you, once he hears you're going to Chicago, I guarantee he's like, all right, he, he brushes off the crumbs off his belly, and then he goes to the gym, and then I think he'll he'll get back into shape. I think he'll want to come to play for Chicago. There was I'm, rumors. No, I'm, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Would like. I he, think his weight will start to slim down a little listen, bit. Listen, I, I know he's frustrated with New Orleans. Oh, I know he's that's, more than frustrated. Yeah. There's a reason he's not playing. Well, yeah. I and mean, it's, And it's more than his fault. Well, New Orleans is kind of being a, the, the laughing 
joke of the NBA right now as right. an organization. So yeah. I think he notices that, and he's like, "Crap, I got look what I got myself into." Right, and and I'm not against him possibly coming to Chicago, but there has to be. Uh, I don't want to say assurances, but there says has to be something somewhere where we're going to make sure that this guy's going to be in shape. Because if we're getting a guy that's going to be, because I'm telling you right now, 285 isn't going to cut it for me. You got to get down to 270, 265, 270. I know that it sounds like a lot for him because he uses his weight a lot in his game. You want him? You want him at Duke weight? I want him. Yes, I want him at shredded Zion college weight where he was flying all over the place. Slapping shots out of the air, dunking the ball, getting rebounds. I'm not asking this guy to be Mr. 30 points a game at that point. I'm asking this guy to be just 18 to 21 points a game with getting rebounds and playing defense. But the problem is, too, his defense has kind of been so-so. Like, because of the fact he's got a little bit shorter arms, he doesn't always get the big blocks. But, yes, if you can get the right set for him, if, if you could trade all of that and still maybe get like a protected first round pick back with him. I know that sounds like a lot, but if you could do that as an assurance to make sure that it works out the right way, I'd be okay with it, but I need that insurance that goes with him, not just him by himself. I, that, Fair enough. That was one that, and, and no no Bagley Jr. anymore. Everybody's off Bagley Jr. Well, you know what? Another name that I... For cheap. I do it for, yeah, cheap. for cheap. Or for a buyout contract too on like the trade deadline. If he wants out, they would probably do like a buyout on this contract, I think. One name that I uh, brought up to my brother as well. I don't know if exactly if he wants to leave, but... I don't know because he has been a former teammate of someone. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, we talked about this. I would love Carl Anthony. I Towns. think it'd be great. Just, I, I don't know if he'd want to leave. Even though know, Minnesota's been <laughs> lately, and uh, <laughs> Minnesota's always <laughs> Minnesota's. I mean, listen, Minnesota's been his home, but obviously the D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards thing is it, it's working, but it's not at the same time. And I've heard that D'Angelo Russell might even be getting out of there soon. They might be like looking to trade him to just get him out of there and get draft picks or prospects potentially. And I think if that happens, I think there's a good chance that Carl Anthony Towns is like, well, then what? What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. So, but I think he's probably going to be one who plays out his contract and then hits free agent market because I think he knows the value he can get in free agency is going to be a lot more than what he's going to do if he gets traded to a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, I'm not. Sh- I, I you, maybe you can. Maybe you know. But do you know if he has a no trade clause in his contract? Because I, I don't think I can't say if he does or doesn't at this point in time. Not that I can so, think of on the okay. top of my head. I mean, but. he probably. I'm thinking he probably does because we'll he's a to, top player. We'll so. have to find that out. And we'll talk find about out that next yeah. week. We'll find it out. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week. For me, David Dykstra. Tyler Buterbaugh. Andrew Allison. I'd like to thank everybody who came on today. Uh, Ryan Horvat, absolute awesome time talking to Ryan. I will be talking to him, oh, in the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, had a great show. We want to thank everybody who listens to us, all our frequent listeners and all our new listeners and old listeners on the Under the Hood podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel for us at Blow the Whistle. Have yourself a great, safe weekend. See you next week.